0: Hi friends, welcome to The Faithful Podcast, stories of people who walked by faith and gained a fuller understanding of the faithfulness of God. I'm your host, Stephanie Baker. My guests today are Stephen and Vivian Thompson. Vivian and Stephen are friends of mine from a former church, and they share about the joys and the challenges of working with a ministry and how that's affected their marriage. Vivian and Stephen love the Lord and they love people, and it comes through in every aspect of their lives. I know you're going to love these two. So, without further delay, here is my interview with Stephen and Vivian Thompson. Stephen, thank you so much for joining me today. Welcome to the Faithful Podcast.
1: We're excited to be here. Thank you so much for the invite.
0: Yeah, I'm so excited to have you guys. I love when I get to talk to couples because so much of ministry takes place as a team. When you're married, especially, you... You don't get to choose to um, exclude your partner from a lot of things, the decisions that we make and the twists and turns of the journey um, affect one another and the decisions along the way. You have to consult one another and pray about it. And so I'm just excited to hear all about your story. So um, you guys can decide amongst yourselves. Just tell us a little bit about yourselves and what you've been up to lately.
1: Okay. Okay. My name is Stephen Thompson. i originally from Ann Arbor, Michigan. Um, grew up in, a, in an awesome family, loving family, mom, dad, grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins. Um, I moved to Houston at the age of 22 after uh, the year prior receiving Christ. I didn't grow up in a Christian home, didn't grow up reading the Bible, praying, going to church, anything like that. But after receiving Christ, I began to read the Bible from Genesis to Revelations and praying. And over that year, uh, God was doing a lot in my life. And so um, almost a year to the date of giving my life to Christ, um, I felt the Holy Spirit telling me it was time to to get away, to move away from my family and everything that I knew and told me yeah. to come to Houston. So came to Houston with two bags in February at around 1130 at Clyton clock at night my plane landed and my second cousin came to get me from the airport it was like 70 degrees outside I was like hmm I think I like this place (laughs) (laughs) so uh it's been a blessing ever since um ever since I got here, you know, God has grown me up, matured me, um, drawn me so close to him and just praying and hoping to be drawn even closer to him. And here's where I met my wife here in Houston after Mm -hmm. living here for about two and a half years. Um, We met and eventually went on our first date. And after we went on our first date, we dated for three years. We were together almost every day and we got married and As they say, the rest is history. (laughs)
0: Wow, that's
2: crazy. Vivian? Yeah, so um, I um, come from a family of four siblings, or four of us, and my mom and dad, um, they were all born in Columbia. I was the only one here uh, born in the States. So we come from an immigrant family. Uh, My parents um, and my three siblings moved to New Jersey in the mid-60s. And um, I was born 10 years later. My dad and mom did the best. They worked really mm-hmm. hard to advance their family and try to learn the language. Um, and when we came to Houston, I was two years old and uh, kind of grew up as a single child. really by the time I was six, my siblings left to you know just live their lives. Mm-hmm. And so um, you know my parents were a little, Older than my friend's parents, and so different dynamic growing up um, in their household and then my siblings. Um, we would go to church, it was a Catholic service that we would go to every now and then. Mm-hmm. Um, I did know God, did know Jesus, but didn't have a relationship. I had no idea that there was something such as a relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, I just knew that you kind of try to be good and go to church and, you know. Do whatever you can to to please, to please God. And my prayers were kind of like those prayers like, God help me from this or forgive me for this, but it was nothing, a true authentic relationship. Didn't know of anything about it. Um, when I turned twenty-four, um, I just felt like, man, I need to get close to God. I had um, a worse time in my life, you know, kind of at that moment and went searching. Mm -hmm. And by the prompting of the Holy Spirit, um, man, I found this awesome church called Brookhollow Baptist Church. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time that I heard the gospel message just come alive. Uh Um, You know, it was a a Baptist church, and they would open the doors of the church, and people would come and rededicate their lives or give their lives to Christ Mm -hmm. or want prayer. And from that very first service, I knew, like, oh, my goodness, I'm going to have to do that. And I was scared to do that. But yeah. three services later, um, we had a guest preacher, and I didn't even pay attention to what but was said. I was just waiting for the altar call, and I gave my life to Christ. And mm-hmm. after that, I wanted to share about Jesus since then, you know, and um, met Stephen probably a few months after that, mm-hmm. actually. And um, we happened to go to the same church, and after we realized that, we were inseparable, and that's yeah. how we came to get together. Tell me a little bit more about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, I, you know, at the time I was working as um, property management, a, kind of like an accountant. I would do their accounts receivable. So I was twenty four, living with mom and dad. I moved back with my parents, mm-hmm. and you know, had some liberties and you know, not many financial obligations. So me and the receptionist, we would go to Papados and. HB Japanese Steakhouse. You were living large every week. Okay, (laughs) every week, and he was working as a server at Papa Do's and um, just at one Papa Do's. Yes, yes, (laughs) um, at one of the visits, I just kind of saw Stephen, and there was attraction there, but we never Mm -hmm. spoke. Yeah, did not talk to each other. Um, When we did, um, it was. Probably a few months later, but I was sharing with him about this church service that I was going to on Thursdays. it was mm-hmm. a Bible study service and I would invite him to go and th- that didn't happen. yeah but the day after our first date, um, his friend invited him to church and um, I happened to go to the later service that Sunday
3: yeah
2: and um, when the the altar call was made, Steven's walking down the aisle, and they counsel you afterwards. And so after he's done, he sees me talking to his best friend, mm-hmm. and he's like, "What are you doing here?" And I'm like, "Well, this is the church I've been inviting you to for months."
0: Oh and wow! He didn't, so he, you never had told him the name or anything? No, or, I don't
2: think so. Mm-hmm. Wow, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's crazy. Yep. And so since then, I mean, every Sunday, every Thursday, we would go to church together, and
1: oh, we were um, together almost every day yeah,
2: after that. Yeah, for sure. But mm-hmm. yeah, that was that was very neat. It was just. A uh, wonderful experience, yeah.
0: That's so cool. Mm-hmm. So, when did when did you know you wanted to get married?
1: Go ahead. You you were talking. I'll tell mine.
2: Um, <laughs> you know, I think it it for me it took a, a minute just because I had unhealthy relationships with men. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know this until I gave my life to Christ. That for me men were, was basically my God. Like, they were my idols. You mm-hmm. know, I was longing for a relationship and didn't realize what I was subjecting myself to. Mm-hmm. Not playing a victim, because I made my decisions. Yeah. But, um, so it took a minute for me to trust and, um, kind of feel, allow myself to feel that way. Um, but, me, I, I liked him a lot, and I thought he was different and, um... It was something that I hoped for and would you know, wanted definitely to, but mm. I just never had someone that would want to marry me and so I didn't know yeah. if that was gonna happen.
0: Hmm. Let's hear from Steven.
1: <laughs> um probably two weeks after dating, we were we were out on a date. We were out that one was night. Fast. And I remember <laughs> just like knowing like this was gonna be my wife. Aww. After just being together for two weeks, I just, it's like, mm-hmm. I just knew, I, I don't know how, how to explain it or anything yeah. like that. I just knew, you know, we were out and in my mind, I was like, "This is going to be my wife,
0: man.
1: You know, it took three years, but, <laughs> um, that's, that's patience there. Uh, I don't know if it was patience, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would not say it was patience, <laughs> but after three years, we got married, yeah. you know,
2: mm. That's awesome. <laughs> patience <laughs> or like stubbornness or dedication. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a little bit of all that.
1: It was a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. But yeah. patience wasn't, <laughs> <laughs> patience was not a You know, I it.
2: was young in my walk with the Lord. Yeah. I just gave my life to Christ. And, you know, there was things that I knew I had issues with. And I had, I remember when I gave my life to the Lord, I'm like, okay, Lord, this is, I know these are the things. I've been able to identify all of this. And um, I'm probably off topic here but um one of the things that i didn't name was drinking Mm -hmm. i didn't think i had an issue with it at all
3: yeah
2: and that was the first thing he took away Mm. and um, because i would go to happy hours with my my co-worker the same one that actually catapulted our relationship Mm because she knew that i kind of like steven and um she kind of forced the the encounter (laughs) (laughs) and um yeah, I just remember being in happy hour and just couldn't drink. I was, like, thirsty, but only could drink water. And
3: yeah.
2: um, I realized then, like, man, this is purposeful, you know. And yeah, I think that also kind of translated to what I needed to go through in my relationship with Stephen is kind of learning that God was my focus. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the delay was that I wasn't doing that, you yeah. know. And so we were kind of going through some, you know— Wilderness there because Mm -hmm. of disobedience and just kind of falling back into old patterns. Well, a lot
1: of it, I believe, was immaturity. Yes. Uh, We, we, I mean, Vivian had just given her life to Christ, obviously a baby in Uh the Lord. You know, I had given my life to Christ three years prior and didn't have anyone discipling Mm, me didn't have a church home didn't have anything I just had the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. (laughs) and my Bible you know and and I went through a period of time where I wasn't reading the Bible anymore wasn't praying Mm -hmm. anymore Mm -hmm. you know and I was had reverted back to doing some of the old things that I used to do because I had nothing or any no one in my life yeah you know discipling me or counseling me or helping me or speaking life into me and, and i didn't know i yeah. didn't know what i didn't know mm-hmm. and so a lot of our struggle was just immaturity mm-hmm. yeah growing in our relationship with the lord but you know after we had went on our first date and you know That, for me, was, you know, when she saw me walking down, I I was rededicating my life to Christ that day. Mm -hmm. And from that moment is when the two of us really began to grow and mature in our relationship with Christ. Um, We had a group of friends that we hung around Mm -hmm. with, like, that were in the same place. We all were—had just accepted Christ right around the same time. We were all babes, and we were hungry. Mm Yeah, I mean, we— at the church where we met at the pastor was a dynamic preacher and teacher mm-hmm. of the word of God. Like Still is. he, yeah, he was a big influence in my life to mm-hmm. want to preach and teach the word of God. Be- he, I mean, he created a hunger in me because of the way that he preached. Yeah. I, I wanted to know the Word of God. I wanted to grow in my relationship with Christ because of His preaching and teaching.
2: He had such passion for the Lord, and it, mm-hmm. you heard it and you felt it. Mm-hmm. And you, every day you're like, I want to rededicate every day. Yeah, <laughs> every yeah. Seriously, seriously. Yes, all the time. Uh, wow. Seriously. That's
0: amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, that's awesome. So you've shared um, how you came to know Jesus, and I think that's really cool that you guys both sort of Came to that later in life. Like you grew up in, you know, good families in the sense that like you knew that you were loved and you knew that you were cared for and all of your needs were met. But, mm-hmm. um, and you, you kind of didn't know what you were lacking yeah. in that, in that area spiritually, but you, you realized it later in life. And I think that's, that changes your perspective. And I see that in you guys a lot. I see that you live differently. Um, you know, uh, Stephen, in particular, I've seen with you, you know, you reach out to my son in a way that is really powerful. And I, you know, hearing you talk about how you didn't have somebody discipling you, Mm -hmm. like, well, I'm glad that you've turned that around for the next generation. Like, that's so cool to see how you see, I mean, like, you're going to do better for the next group. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're seeing these, these gaps, and you're like, I'm, I'm gonna seek seek it out, and I'm gonna
3: yeah.
0: I'm gonna try and fill that need. I think that's awesome. So, mm-hmm. you know, praise God for
3: yeah, his for
0: you know bringing awareness to these things because you know you could have been like, well, I turned out all right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, look, I, I did all right. Eventually, it'll come around, but.
2: Um, I still don't feel that way. <laughs> I still oh. don't feel that way. But <laughs> no, but that is a passion of Stephen is yeah. discipling, um, mm-hmm. not just young men, but just men in general. Yeah. Uh, because we see that lacking in our churches is
3: yeah. is
2: the, the focus of the gospel message and discipling mm-hmm. people. Like you can go to church and you could have a great service. But if that's the only time that you're spending in the word or praying or praising and worshiping the Lord, Man, there's, there's no um, question why the church in our country is so in a, yeah. position in a deficit mm-hmm. spiritually, you know. <laughs> and so that's and then, Stephen's passion. And, and I love that. You know, I, he actually has encouraged me to do that. You know, I have a group of ladies that um, we do Bible study every Wednesday night mm-hmm. through Zoom, through the pandemic. So it's going on two years, two and a half mm-hmm. years. Wow. Um, and it's no one that I really knew before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm finding myself reaching out to ladies and wanting to go to lunch and just kind of pour into them, that's all because he's shown me how to do it by example.
3: Hmm.
2: And a lot of—I know he has been praying for that too. So it I, I do see it in Stephen. Um, he just loves Jesus, and he wants people to fall in love with him.
0: The things you talk about are things that a lot of people are intimidated by, but I think it's really neat that— what you're describing are things that are also, like, approachable. You know, Mm -hmm. like you're, like, I'm just going to hang out with you, see what's going on in your life. We're going to study God's Word a little bit together, and, you know, we're going to get together once a week, and we're just going to, you know, do a little Bible study together. It doesn't have to be super formal. It doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be something where, you know, we have a curriculum, necessarily, that we're going through. We could pick a chapter, and I think that's where a lot of people... Stop as they get intimidated because they think, Well, I probably wouldn't be a Sunday school teacher or whatever. Oh. You know, like they think you have to have some list of credentials or mm. training or whatever. And want to make sure that you're biblically based and you're actually like putting in the time and not just like your opinions on things. Right. But, you know, there, these are things that are, you know, any of us can do if we've been studying God's word mm. for ourselves. So that's good. Yeah. Um, Stephen I want you to tell me how you started getting involved with destiny sports mission
1: hmm, really really cool God story um I used to be a member at a at a at a golf course
3: uh-huh.
1: um, and the Lake Wincrest. yeah Lake Wincrest the head mm-hmm. pro there uh, his name was Roger Stebbins you know we became really good friends over the years and you know he you know was the one that would coach me and give me lessons and stuff like that well you know i got away from you know the membership you know from from being a member there um but we still had you stayed in contact and would see each other when i would go up and play sometimes and he knew that i was serving in the youth ministry at our church and Mm -hmm. he called me up one day and said hey i'm i'm doing this um this golf clinic for homeschool kids and it's before the golf portion of it we do i'm doing a bible study with them Mm -hmm. but i have a guy who's doing the bible study portion of it for me but he can't always make it would you mind subbing in for him and i was like sure uh yeah you know absolutely i was Mm -hmm. like how about i come up a day when he's there uh, so i can get a feel for what he's doing just to see what he's doing and how he's working with the kids. And so I came up one day and he was, he, you know, he got there. And so I just sat in the back, you know, it was outdoor under the little pavilion at the, the golf club course um, and just sat and listened. And when the Bible study portion was over and the kids were dismissed and they went over to, to begin in the golf clinic, uh, he and I started talking and, you know, just kind of getting to know one another. And I asked him, you know, what he did. And he told me that he um, started a ministry, a sports ministry. Uh, and they did sports camps and sports clinics and mission trips. And, you know, and that's how they were able to use sports as a vehicle to share the gospel. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> like, what? What do you say? I'm like, this is like the trifecta here. You get to share the gospel, you get to play sports, and you get to travel. I'm like, how can I get in on this? But he's like, you you, you know, you come at a very interesting time. You know, we're starting to grow. You know, there's only three of us on staff, including myself, uh, and I need help. He was, and he, you know, told me, he's like, you know, uh, part of, you know, Working for the ministry, you have to, it's deputized fundraising, and I was like, "Okay, what's that mean?" And he was mm-hmm. like, "Well, you have to raise 100 of your salary," and I'm like,
3: mm-hmm. "Oh,
1: okay." Mm-hmm. And and he said, "You know, you know, 20 of of what you raise goes back towards the ministry. That's what deputized fundraising is." So I'm like, "Okay, so, all right." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, but I was still excited about it, you know. And and he was like, "There's opportunities to volunteer." If you want, you know, we got some camps coming up in the summer. And I'm like, okay. So I go home and I tell my wife about it. And I'm all excited about it, telling her. And she's like, well, how much does it pay? And I was like, well.
0: Here's the awesome part. I was like, well, I got to raise. Really
1: awesome. Yeah. I was like, I got to raise 100% of my salary. And she was like, so uh, are you going to work? And do this also? Mm. You know, I was like, well, I don't know. I was like, I'm just sharing the information with you, you know? Mm-hmm. I met the guy. He told me, here's what it is, you know? Yeah.
2: I think you're kinda kind of kind. Because I think I said something like, yeah, that's not going to happen. That was actually my <laughs> honest response. No, go ahead. Just, Thanks for she, being she, she, didn't
1: say, she didn't say that. She okay. didn't say that. But
2: anyway. Oh, I was thinking that. Okay. Best,
1: yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> now you left your secret out. Right? <laughs> Tell me how you really feel now. Uh, so... You know, I I volunteered as a, a coach for a couple of camps during the summer, and it was awesome. It was just awesome. You know, yeah. um, this was the. How the, long
0: ago was all this starting? Uh,
1: so I've been I'll be have been full time with Destiny for seven years in November. Okay. And yeah. so there was two years before that. So this was nine years ago. Okay. Um when I first met him and started volunteering with him and from when I told my wife, because it took two years after I told my wife about it before I started working well, with them for full time.
0: We're fully deputized.
1: We're fully deputized, <laughs> yes. Um, you know, I started volunteering with them for, you know, camps for a couple years and mm-hmm. enjoyed it, sharing the gospel and all these kids are accepting Christ. And I'm like, man, this is just amazing, you know? Yeah. and. Two years later, one day I was just in my closet, praying, having my alone time with the Lord. And I I felt the Holy Spirit say, I want you to do Destiny full time. And Mm -hmm. I just kind of, I kind of chuckled like Elizabeth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) I just kind of chuckled or like Elizabeth and Sarah, they kind of laughed and uh, like, okay, you got to tell my wife, you know, you got to tell my wife about this. and, And so that was it. And so literally, two or three days later I'm my wife gets home from work and we're just sitting on the bed talking and she's like I want you to do destiny full time. I know God's going to provide for us. I don't want you to have to worry about working. Mm. Um I know I know this is what you want to do. I know this is your passion and God will provide. And I just sat there. I was like <laughs> I was like, "Okay, Lord. <laughs> you know, cuz he did yeah. what I said, you know? Like you got to tell my wife and he Obviously, he told her. <laughs> can, I,
0: can I stop you? Vivian, yeah. I
1: want you to tell me what yeah. was going on with you in that time.
2: Yeah, so as he said, that was two years after he first mentioned Destiny Sports. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, one thing with living with Stephen or being married to Stephen yeah. is um, everything is God's going to do it. God's yeah. going to provide. You know, I'm like, yeah, I, yes. What were you like before
1: Christ? Who, me? Yeah. <laughs> um, were you this optimistic or is this? Yeah. Is this, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, a lot of it is God. I mean, a yeah, lot of yeah. it was what God put in me before I even knew him. Right. right. The, the scripture says that I knew you mm. before you were born.
0: Right.
1: When you were in your mother's womb, I formed you. Like God formed me a- that way before I even knew him.
0: Right.
1: And so... Like this, my whole testimony. Like I didn't tell it all, but my whole testimony is like God is real. Yeah. Like I I can't sit here and deny that God is not real mm-hmm. and God is not capable and able to do anything because mm-hmm. He saved me.
3: Yeah.
1: And he the way that He saved, saved me, mm-hmm. everything leading up to it was just God. Yeah. <laughs> like God in all of His Majesty and glory. Mm. Hmm. Praise like God. I can't deny him yeah. and, and him being able to provide or do anything, mm. you know, he's, he's God.
2: Yeah. yeah. And you come, you know, you talk to me and I'm more of like, okay, let's talk realistic. Yeah. Let's, you know, what's I'm not, I'm not mm-hmm. saying that that's not possible because you're right. You know, we could, <laughs> yeah. you know, God could do all things, but you know, what's to your point, what's the plan? Mm-hmm. What does it look like? Um, and, you know, that was two years ago. And then two years later, after church service, um, Stephen was having a conversation. We were all having a conversation, actually, um, with uh, Tammy Ayers. And um, Ryan Ayers had just came back from College Station mm-hmm. um, and kind of talking a little bit about basketball. Okay. That's how it started. Um, and they were just talking about basketball and all that stuff. And I kind of stepped back. I, I, I was involved, but it felt like I was having an out-of-body experience. And mm-hmm. it was a conversation with me and the Lord. And the Lord was like, well, you know what you're going to have to do, right? And I'm kind of like, yeah, I know. you know, And, um, and it was just a process of the Lord kind of, you know, I, I would hold things so tightly. I would have white knuckles for mm-hmm. everything. And the Lord was slowly in the years preceding that, even before the two years, just slowly kind of unraveling each finger, each grip.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And, um, you know, this is probably still hand number one when he was relieving, you know, revealing this to me. But I knew I had to let go. And I knew that Jesus' sports and playing with the youth was just all Stephen. Mm-hmm. Um, the travel came later. That was the extra. But those first three things was his passion is to share the gospel, play sports, and then he always has fun with, with kids. And so I just knew that that was what we needed to do. Um, and so I didn't hesitate the next day. I think it was the next day or maybe even Tuesday. That's when I shared it with him. I didn't know what the Lord had revealed to him. Yeah, I just... We weren't even talking about Destiny Sports. I just brought it up. He hadn't even mentioned Destiny Sports in two years. I just knew that he'd volunteer. Yeah. And I would come and watch every now and then. But we hadn't talked about it. And that's just, the lore is like, all right, you just have to let go and trust me. And I think a week later, didn't both our cars die? <laughs> we
1: we started having car trouble. Yeah, right yeah. like, afterwards. Yeah, I think
2: like a week or two later. They didn't
1: die, but yeah. they started to... You know,
2: this yeah. also shows you the different perspective. To me, they died. And <laughs> yeah, he was like no, they didn't really die. But um, <laughs> they needed some repairs. <laughs> but yeah, it was just again that just the the challenge, right? The enemy didn't want that. Um, wanted me to kind of revert back to. Oh wait, wait, never mind.
3: Mm. Keep
2: going to work because that was basically him giving up his job.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, and just having you know the income that the Lord gave through my employer. Mm-hmm. um because we didn't know how to self fundraise, and that's such an awkward thing still to do don't. yeah we we <laughs> still struggle in that area um and so yeah it was just something that the lord definitely had to do cuz i yeah i wasn't i wasn't going to sign up for just you know one salary <laughs> yeah
0: that's a yeah that's
2: a hard sell mm-hmm. yeah it, it is <laughs> but you know i saw the joy in um Stephen's face and um It was something I just couldn't—I could no longer, like, yeah. keep him from.
0: And you can't deny, like, what God is doing through no. that work. No. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned the awkwardness of having to do fundraising. Mm. Tell me a little bit about that, because, like, my sister— um you know, she served with a ministry for years and she intentionally went on the mission field with an organization where she had to raise her own funds. Mm-hmm. She looked at going with, um, I think it was the International Mission Board, oh. and then mm-hmm. uh, that ended up actually not working out. And she was like, this is better. This is going to be like me m- more dependent on the Lord is how mm-hmm. she saw it. And mm-hmm. she had read like a biography. Um, Jackie Pullinger, who was a missionary in China. And, like, it was just like she had, like, no money to her name. And she's just listening to the Lord, this single individ- single young woman going to China and working with these, like, heroin addicts, I think. Hmm. And my sister is like, I want to be dependent on the Lord like Sign that. Like, up. that sounds awesome. Hmm. And then she actually got in to fundraising, and she's like, this is so awkward. (laughs) This is so uncomfortable. And like, hey, how's it going? So, like, I mean, I don't want to put you in an uncomfortable position or
2: anything, but just... uh, Take this moment to please give to Destiny Sports. Right? Yeah. (laughs) Of course. Hey, by the way, we are going to,
0: like, link to (laughs) Destiny Sports. So you're going to have to tell me where to link them to because... I mean, mm-hmm. people hear these hear about what's going on and what God is doing, and they want to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to give them an opportunity for that. But
3: mm.
0: what's it like when you have to, like, say, hey, do you want to help support me? <laughs>
1: uh, it is the worst part of my job. <laughs> okay. uh, it is the one part of my job I absolutely do not want to do and yeah. have not really done.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, I've been seven years, going on seven years working with Destiny, and I can honestly say I haven't really asked anybody to give anyone. Like, yeah. They set me a salary, a, like a goal to raise uh-huh. for the year, and mm-hmm. I don't— I've, I, I can't remember like asking anybody. Mm-hmm. Well,
2: in the beginning, we had some friends who would, um, and um, yeah, I'll, this is where I come in. <laughs> um, in Refresh the beginning, yeah, yeah, no, in the beginning, <laughs> and it's still available. So they, you know, they would Ryan would do things called a home court mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. you would basically um, a friend would invite people to come over and Stephen would then share Destiny Sports missions. Um, and what was going on the calendar, and just giving the people an opportunity to give, and so I
1: would so I would ask in those yes, settings. Yes, yes. So like yes.
2: the Wideners did one for us, the Davies mm-hmm. the Davies mm-hmm. did one for us, and so those were the, those are the those are the that times that i actually yeah. asked um mm-hmm.
1: i didn't count those as asking because they came
2: Yeah, they, <laughs> they came, came with you. the expectation
1: yeah. knowing that i'm going to ask yeah. you know <laughs>
2: um and then for like trips you know then i would post on facebook to kind of yeah. help like, like the one recently for mm-hmm. poland mm-hmm. um but that's really the extent um yeah yeah
0: it's hard and i and i i, I hope that folks understand just how uncomfortable it's it is uncomfortable. for the person who's asking. And, like, but, like, to do so many of the things that, you know, we feel you feel like God has laid on your heart to do, there's just, like, money is kind of a necessary part of that. So, yeah. like, and people it, don't know where, and I, I, t- I try to, like, remind folks sometimes, like, people don't know where to give if you don't, like, remind them like there are those times where god's like here you need to give a hundred dollars or a thousand dollars to this organization Mm -hmm. but there is a lot more times at least in my own personal life like god doesn't always say hey you need to give Mm -hmm. like this Mm -hmm. it's like oh i see this need okay i can help support that yeah Yeah. like i don't need to stop and 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 pray do i need to give to that like Mm -hmm. i have the means to do that why 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 wouldn't i yeah yeah And, you know, or maybe I should say, God, how much do you want me to give? Mm -hmm. Instead of like, God, do you want me to give? Should I take three days to pray about this? Mm -hmm. I think we agonize over that. Whereas if I went to Marshall's and I saw some cute shoes, I wouldn't, you know, think twice about spending money on that. So, you know, I think it's there's we need to, you know, take a moment and rethink the way that we... Uh, you know look at giving so um so destiny sports does a lot of local like um sports camps Mm -hmm. but you also lead short-term mission trips Mm -hmm. there are tell me about some of the advantages and disadvantages of a short-term mission trip
1: so that's Actually, my job with Destiny, I'm the director of missions. I coordinate host and lead mission trips, um, primarily short-term mission trips. Um, the they kind of downfall to short-term mission sh- trips is I never want to come back from them. <laughs> you know, I like you, yeah. you, 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 you go and. You you meet people and you're, um, give you're getting this amazing opportunity to tell people about the love of Jesus Christ and mm-hmm. you know people respond like the greatest thing you can do is in this life is share Christ with them, invite them into a relationship mm. with Him, and they say yes mm. because you just help someone's eternity going from being eternally punished facing the judgment and wrath of God forever yeah to now being able to be in a relationship with him and spending the rest of eternity with him mm. I mean, th- there is no comparison in this life to that. Yeah. You know, I-, I don't care how much money you go and make or what kind of job you is. There's no greater reward than seeing somebody being saved. I mean, if in this life you had the opportunity to rescue somebody from drowning or rescue somebody from a fire or be able to perform a medical procedure on them where yeah. you saved their life. It's only their life here on this earth. Yeah. It's only their life that is still temporary,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and you get this great joy and reward out of doing that, saying, "I helped save someone's life." Yeah. But to be able to help save someone's life for all of eternity, like there's nothing greater. What what length of time is greater than eternity? There mm-hmm. is none. Right. It's forever. And so being able to be a part of working with God to see somebody's whole eternity changed Like when you do it, when you partner with God for the first time, he allows you to see it happen. Yeah. And experience it in the moment. You just want to keep doing that.
3: Yeah.
1: Like. I I mean, I love Jesus. (laughs) Like, I love him, and I Mm -hmm. don't love him as much as I want to love him.
3: Yeah.
1: But to be able to give someone that opportunity or help with giving someone that opportunity uh, to be able to receive the greatest love they could ever receive and fall in love with the greatest person they could ever fall in love with, I mean, there's no other comparison to that. I mean, I've been, you know, been to the Dominican Republic, been to Costa Rica, been to Mexico, just came mm-hmm. back from Poland, you know, and yeah. you know, I, I'm I'm traveling the globe, telling people about Jesus, and
3: That's
1: awesome. I mean, I mean, God, what what else do you want to do? I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, you know, we've gotten to this place in our western con- culture where we want to be comfortable
3: mm-hmm. you
1: know we want we want to have nice things we want to have a nice home we want to have a nice car and you know that's com- we want comfort we want to be comfortable you know but what is better than being able to go and experience the world see the world in a different way um see people's lives change for forever yeah. you know there's no comparison to that, and that's the that's the downfall. Is you just want to stay in that mode? Mm-hmm. You want to
2: be on the mountaintop
1: experience. You want to be the on the mountaintop all the yeah. time, but mm-hmm. you know, coming back home, oftentimes it's like, you know, we're we're saying this, you know, that people understand the mountaintop experience when Jesus took uh, Peter, James, and John, mm-hmm. uh, and and they got to see him being transfigured you know, this awesome moment with Moses and Elijah. And then afterwards they come back down and the disciples are being yelled at because they can't cast out a demon. And Jesus is like, man, y'all don't have no faith. Mm. You know, coming back home is like coming home to that because soon as you get home, the enemy is like, you thought what you were doing was great. Huh? Check this out.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, and it's like, for, like the moment you come back, it's like immediately it it starts, ha- life starts happening and you're just thrown into this mess. Yeah. <laughs> you know, not saying that our life is a mess, but, you know. Our world is a mess. It, it seems like everything gets <laughs> yeah. kicked up right in your face. And it's like the devil's like, hi, you thought you were doing something.
3: Mm.
1: Here, take this. Yeah. Here, take this. You know, and. It's like that coming back to reality thing, you know, and you got to still do life. You know, the thing about ministry is or or being a part of a ministry or being a missionary or serving God in any capacity. You still got to deal with real life.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: You still got to come home. You still got to provide. You still got to do chores. You still got to do work. There's still stuff happening that you have to do and that you're responsible for. And it's not easy. Yeah. It's not easy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All the stuff you said is really good. I was thinking a lot about the people that you, I mean, you're describing the interactions that mm-hmm. you have with the individuals that um, live in the various countries or mm-hmm. in the communities. But the people that you bring on the trip. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm guessing they're mostly local to this area, right? Because mm-hmm. that's or at least Americans, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. they are coming from this mindset. Gotcha. They their world when they travel somewhere has mm-hmm. become smaller all yeah. of a sudden, and like the the problems that are taking place on the other side of the world are all of a sudden something they care about, mm-hmm. and I think that that is a huge thing that takes place even in a short-term yeah. mission trip. Yeah. I mean, I I think it would be amazing if more people felt, you know, you know that as they go on these short-term trips, they're like, oh man, maybe God may be calling me something to mm-hmm. do something long-term, whether that's in the U.S. or elsewhere. But um, even if they don't, they hopefully have more compassion for mm-hmm. the rest of the world and they live differently, like yeah. not so much about the trying to create comfortable. this yeah. comfortable life but mm. become more generous so that yeah. could be another possible
3: mm-hmm.
0: outcome of all of this is you know they they come back and they they live their life even if it's in yeah even yeah. in the same house or in the same community they live mm. differently yeah. and they're telling they're they're now, Seeing themselves as missionaries in their schools Mm -hmm. or in their homes Mm -hmm. or in their uh, their Mm -hmm. communities. I mean, it's the ripple effects can be huge. So I think that's that's awesome.
1: I'm sorry, I missed that part of the the question. (laughs) No, no, I I just was thinking. Yeah. Yeah,
0: no, you were you were thinking about. The individuals that you interact with and yeah. i mean there's the the other side too those yeah. that are going are being go. yeah. transformed too i mean yeah and they do yeah
1: and they, and they do they do they are you know um it's interesting one of the young men that we took on a trip you know while we were there and talking to him and saying well what do you think so far and he's like i think i want to be a missionary and like yeah. like that's that's awesome you yeah. know that's awesome you know and his his mindset when he comes home is now changing. He's thinking about ministry, mm-hmm. you know, whereas before he wasn't thinking about ministry, yeah. maybe, you know. Mm. Um, and, and, too, a lot of times we, when we go on mission trips and we take groups on mission trips, you know, the, the, the saying is, I'm going over here on this mission trip to help these people, right? Mm. You know, I'm going over here to, you know, to introduce Jesus to these people or be the hands and feet of Jesus to these people. And what end up happening is they end up meeting Jesus.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Jesus ends up changing them. Jesus ends up helping them. Yeah. You know? And so, like you said, they come back and they're different, mm-hmm. you know? And I think, you know, and we tell people, you know, sometimes, you know, the younger kids, when we take them, it's like, Hey, don't look at this as if, you know, you're just going to help these people, mm-hmm. you know? Go up, go at it, go into it with the idea that you're going to see God in yeah. a way you've never seen him before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And not only is that going to do something in their lives, but it's going to do something in your life. Mm-hmm. You know, this is not just for them. And that's the goal with short term yeah. missionship is, is to get that mind shift, mm-hmm. that 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 heart change, you know, and. Yeah,
0: yeah. Good. So I wonder if you might be able to tell me a time when you saw something that God did that was really cool on
1: one of your trips. Hmm. I, 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 it's it, it, it seems like every time he does something.
2: <laughs> I could share one. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Um. The last one that I went, we actually the last one before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was Dominican Republic. We went in March, and uh, we take a group of high school kids from Trinity Christian School in mm-hmm. Lubbock. Mm-hmm. And what they do at that school is they have spring break, and or right is it spring break first?
1: Uh, no, spring break is after. Oh, so they go they go missions, they go missions
2: and, then and then after break. that spring break, mm-hmm. and the entire high school does missions. Man, that's awesome. Awesome. Yes. And um, this particular mission trip, um, one of the ladies was a last-minute add-on. I think she took the place of someone else mm-hmm. that bowed out at the end. And we didn't know this, but this, this lady was having such a personal battle going on for the past few years. Yeah. Um, she had lost someone very dear to her. Mm -hmm. And um, she was mourning and grieving, and uh, she spoke Spanish. And she made this beautiful song in Spanish, and it was the armor of God. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm getting emotional just thinking about it. Mm -hmm. Um, This is the first time we actually—no, this is the second time we did VBS, but we stayed in one little village. And um, she taught the song, and we also didn't know that that was the first time she sang Mm -hmm. in years. You know, that was something that she would do, you know, and she just stopped doing that when, when her loved one passed away. And mm-hmm. um, that God just healed a piece of her heart as was she awesome. was ministering to these kids mm-hmm. with writing this song. And it was just a beautiful thing because out of these ashes that she was in and dealing with, and this last-minute decision and opportunity presented itself, that God began to heal. Mm-hmm. And it, it was just— it was amazing was just cool. to know yeah. that part of it. And we didn't know. Even day three or four of the mission trip, we didn't know. And it was just as we spent more time with each other. Because we don't know each other. Like, yeah. I don't know them. The kids do. And the kids know the teachers and the, the ones that go. But we, I don't know them. And Stephen doesn't know them. Most of them he does because they've gone through, you know, previous trips together. But I didn't know anybody, really. And, um, yeah, it was just a beautiful thing to hear her story and— to know that she was forever changed and yeah. that has a an etch in her heart from mm. from the Minnegan trip. So, yeah, That's that awesome. was awesome. That was a
1: good one. That was a yeah. good one. I think the... I think the... I think the... The, the, the biggest one for me was Not working for Destiny. Um, Mm -hmm. My wife and I, you know, my wife and I traveled a lot Mm -hmm. before um, I started working for Destiny. And Mm -hmm. from the time that we got married and went on our honeymoon, like our Mm -hmm. trips always we're focused on sharing the gospel. I yeah. mean, like, we share the yeah. gospel with a guy on our honeymoon. Mm-hmm. He
2: came up to us to sell us To
1: sell us weed. drugs.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and,
1: <laughs> she, you know, we got into the conversation with him, shared the gospel with him, and he accepted Christ. You That's know, amazing. and that and was, you know, that, that has been our marriage, and that has mm-hmm. been us traveling. But there was mm-hmm. one particular time we were in Cabo San Lucas in Mexico, and, you know, it's like the last day of our trip. You know, and, you know, we're on the beach and, you know, there's vendors up and down the beach trying to sell you stuff. And all day long, you have people trying to come up and sell you some kind of drugs or whatever. And, you know, I got kind of frustrated and I was like, man, God, how can I turn this around? Mm-hmm. How can I turn this around and be able to share Christ, share you with them? And God was like, just telling me, you got something better. Mm hmm. And literally, we're walking. We're walking down. Like this is our last night. We're mm-hmm. gonna go get something to eat on the beach, you know. And so we leave from where we're sitting at to go find a restaurant to eat. That guy comes up to me. Hey, uh, you want to buy this? No. Okay. well, do you want to buy? Some this? Some you know? He's trying to sell me some drugs, and mm-hmm. I'm like, No, I got something better. And he's like, What do you got? And he start naming off these different drugs. <laughs> <laughs> it was and, true. Yeah. And I was like. I was like, I got Jesus. And he was like, oh, I, I'm so sorry, you know, my bad, you know. And he and it wasn't like he spoke really good English, yeah. you know. And so we began just walking and talking with him on the beach. And we began, you know, I started sharing the gospel with him. And, you know, uh invited him to receive
2: Christ.
1: He brought his girlfriend. It, well, this was, it was okay. him first. Mm-hmm.
2: mm-hmm.
1: He, uh, invi- I invited him to receive Christ. We're standing on a public beach. Mm-hmm.
3: In front of a restaurant.
1: In front of a restaurant and tourist areas. Tons of people on the beach. So we're standing on the beach and we're holding hands with this guy and lead them to Christ, you know, and after he, we get finished he's like, "Man, there's like electricity running mm-hmm. through my body and I was I, I almost just start I was broke down. I'm like, "Man, that's the Holy Spirit," you know? Yeah. And he's like, he's like it's just so weird and you know, and so he was like, uh I'm going to go get my girlfriend, you know? Mm-hmm. And we're like, okay, so he leaves. And we think he's, we're like, uh, he's not coming back, right? Nope, <laughs> he comes back with his girlfriend. And so we we're just sharing with them. We're like, hey, we're about to get something to eat. And, you know, why don't y'all come eat with us? And they're like, you sure? Like, I don't know if we can go in there. I'm like, yeah, if we're paying for you to eat. You can come in. So that we they come mm-hmm. in. We're sitting on the beach eating. And my, we're talking to him about, you know, next steps. What's to come? And my wife goes, she went to the bathroom, and she comes back. She's like, his uh, girlfriend's name was Christina. She was like, you know, Christina, we've been spending all this time talking to Jorge. Um, What about you? Do, do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? And the girl just starts breaking down crying, just bawling at the table. It's amazing. And, uh, you know, Thank and goodness. so, you know, she starts telling us a little bit of her, her background. And so we share the gospel with her, and she receives Christ at the table. And so we're like— you, you know and so we're like man just talking to them you know just trying to encourage them in the their relationship with the lord and so dinner's over we paid the and everything, and and they're like we're like we're, we were gonna we, we had anticipated going back to our room and cooking dinner but we didn't want to leave the beach and so we got all this food in our room you guys want it and they're like yeah all right so we take them back to our room and you know, still able to just to keep pouring into them all the way to the room, and we give them, you know, the the groceries that we had left over because we're leaving the next day. and nothing we can do with it, and just,
3: mm-hmm.
1: I mean, that's not a destiny trip. It's not a no, but you know, that's our life. Yeah, is just being on mission and and telling mm-hmm. people. About the good news of Jesus. And, and that was, you know, unfortunately it wasn't a destiny trip, but that was like one of the trips that we have taken that just, it, it's just yeah, mind blowing like how God just did that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I think that, I mean, you said, unfortunately, it wasn't a destiny trip, but, <laughs> but I think that that
1: It catapulted
0: um, yeah, towards this. No, and I, I think that that's a good thing that it didn't have to be a sanctioned mission right. trip mm-hmm. right, to be used in a missional way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, like you said, that's how you do your life. And mm-hmm. I think that's one of the things that people struggle with is like, I mean, I'm I'm great on a mission trip. Mm -hmm. Like, I will share the gospel with anybody, and Mm -hmm. I'll put myself out there, but, like, put me in the U.S. in a work environment, and I clam up. I get Mm -hmm. a lot more nervous about that because Mm -hmm. I I worry, like, I'm... uh, Overseas, I'm probably never going to see these people again. (laughs) In the U.S., if it doesn't go well, I got to work with these people again, or I have to be a lot more cautious with my words because people might interpret it differently and so um, I think that the fact that you live that way mm-hmm. is just going to overflow into mm-hmm. mission trips yeah. um, and I think that that's that's awesome um, how has the pandemic you know, this, this COVID um, situation affected All of your ministry,
1: um, your ministerial trips. Yeah. uh, Gosh, you know, being the director of missions, that means I don't work. (laughs) Like, I don't, I can't, I don't have, I don't get to do what I am supposed to be doing for work and what, honestly, I love to do, Yeah. you know, um, for two years, you know, Mm -hmm. nothing. Like, literally, we were coming back from that Dominican trip that Vivian was talking about. We were we were coming back as they were closing the borders Mm -hmm. to countries.
3: Mm.
1: Like we were seeing everything that was happening back home with the toilet Mm -hmm. paper and the, you know, every, all of that stuff going on. And, you know, I I was like, can we just stay here? Yeah. (laughs) You know, like I'd rather stay here in a Dominican than go back home to that. You know, literally the the local missionary who was taking us to the airport, we asked them to stop, at the grocery store, so we could get toilet paper before we came home because we heard that there was no toilet paper.
0: Yeah, and bleach. How much were you gonna bring home, Steven? I mean, a it suitcase was suitcase cool.
1: worth. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we brought home was a suitcase worth of, a toilet paper and bleach. Oh my
2: gosh! Yeah, because we didn't they didn't have any more wipes <laughs> or hand sanitizer. Yeah, and oh
1: my so gosh. so it it affected in the sense that you know, like literally, we were coming back as everything was starting to get shut down. And, um, two years, no trips, but, you know, uh, God was like, I got another mission field for you. Mm -hmm. You know, we started full-time caregiving for my wife's parents about six months after we got back. And that's been the most difficult mission field I've ever been on in my life. You know, we're still on that mission field. And, and as I'm starting to open back up and going on trips now, um, you know, I, I'm we're doing this, full time caregiving for her parents. And, you know, it's it's the this is the most difficult season of life that I've ever been in right now, you know, but this is the mission field that God has me on right now, you know. So although going on mission trips stop for two years. God still had me on the mission field. Mm-hmm. It was just at home.
3: Yeah,
1: It was just in my own home, in my own house,
3: Yeah,
1: you know, with my own family. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't refer to my wife's parents as my mother or father-in-law. They're my parents. They're my right. mom and dad, and I love them as if they're my biological mom and dad, and I mm-hmm. care for them like that. And so that's been our mission field for the last year and a half, two years and, yeah, two and a half years. Yeah, two two and a half years and mm-hmm. um you know, the 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 going for destiny stopped because of covid because we couldn't go anywhere. You know, this there was you know like it was, you know, everything was just yeah. Changing so fast as far as how we live life. Yeah.
2: yeah. You did some local mission trips.
1: I did, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: and some sports camps.
1: It, we did. We yeah. still did some camps that first summer after COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Um, went to
2: San Antonio. Went to
1: San Antonio to do a local, a couple of local trips.
2: Did you go to Kentucky as well?
1: Uh, no. no. No? Okay. Um, mm. So, like, the the going internationally stopped
2: mm-hmm.
3: yeah,
1: completely, you know, because, you know, people's borders were closed and how to travel, you know, they're trying to figure it out, you yeah. know, and we didn't want to take groups and something happen And then they look at us and want to hold us live. But we're still small ministry. Like literally yeah. it's, my boss, who's the founder and director, it's me. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, his dad just got hired on to run the camps, and we just hired one other guy. There's four of us, you know. Yeah. We, small ministry. I mean, we're raising our own salaries. Like, we don't have the ability to take on that kind of liability. So yeah. international trips just halted. Yeah. You know, but God was like, and and see, this is the— the sovereignty and the beauty and the majesty of God is that our parents needed us. Yeah. They need us right now and God through covid provided an opportun- provided the time for us to be there and caregive for them full time and it's because of the job that I have you know as a missionary and doing mission trips uh that that I could be there and he even did the same thing with my wife's job like yeah. she was in transition job wise uh before covid started it actually fell through and she wasn't working at all so there was no income coming in but then she she got a job with <clears throat> someone she was uh used to work with in a sense who started his own business and he was like look you come work for me um you can you don't have to work in the office you can come and go whenever you want whenever you need you know and so god just in his sovereignty you know through covid created the greatest opportunity for us to to have a new mission field with people that we love and care about the most, you yeah. know, um,
0: no, that's really good. And I think that, you know, you talked about how this season is hard and I can, I can imagine just, uh, obviously in a lot of ways, but you know, from a, at the standpoint of like, you are like the event planner, and you're the go-getter and you're like let's do this let's do that and you keep your days full and exciting and caretaking is full but not exciting it's the mundane but it's 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 important work Mm -hmm. um and it's loving work but it is work Mm -hmm. and um you know i think it's It's got to be very hard to, you know, mission trips are like go, go, go for, what, a week, Mm -hmm. maybe two weeks or something generally. But you're, there's a set timeline and then you come home and then you, you relax. Usually you, you curl up on the couch, you, you, you kind of
2: decompress decompress Mm -hmm. and
0: like when you're caregiving, you, you don't generally get that option.
1: 24 hours a day yeah seven days a week
0: and and so i mean i'm i'm glad in some ways that you didn't have as many trips going on at mm-hmm. least in the the early yes. caregiving yeah. stages but man that's a that's a hard transition and i think um a lot of people a lot of people go th- are going through uh, what you're describing and this the the things that you know i want to care for my family members but it's really challenging it's really hard and i love them but i don't always like them maybe (laughs) but um i appreciate your your honesty in that and you know want i encourage you guys that like what you're doing is it's so important and it's it's gosh such a ministry in itself yeah it really is well, I want you to let me know or let us know how people can connect with um with Destiny Sports if they wanted to do a mission trip
1: perhaps. Mm-hmm. So So um, <clears throat> Destiny Destiny Sports Mission.com is our website. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't always have all the trips on there or trips on there available. Uh, we do have one going to the Dominican Republic uh, July 9th through the 16th. It's an open trip. Anybody can, uh, can come, can go on the trip. Uh, if you would like more information, you can uh, reach out to me personally. Um, it's Stephen at DestinySportsMission.com. Um, and I'll get you all the information you need. We possibly will have some opportunities in July and August to go back to Poland. Uh, I just came back from Poland, uh, to even get you to share about that. That's okay. Look, God brought it, God brought it full circle. Um, I just came back from Poland, uh, on a mission trip with a small team of guys, uh, just kind of doing like a vision trip, uh, working with Ukrainian refugees that have fled Ukraine because of the, Ru- the Russian invasion, um, you know, looking at different opportunities to serve and minister to them and work with uh, the Polish people who are helping and serving uh, the Ukrainians there. Um, and, and the goal is to be able to, you know, assemble a few groups to go back in later July and August, Um, So those opportunities avail. If you're interested, um, again, you can reach me at Stephen at DestinySportsMission.com. Send me an email. Let me know you're interested and we can go from there. Also, you know, if you have a church, if you belong to a church or a church group and, you you know, you guys want your church or your youth group or whatever. Or you go to a school and you want to have a trip. You want a, a trip. For, I put together from beginning to end. I do the flights. I do the, the housing, the meals, the transportation, everything. You just contact me and say, hey, I want to take, I got a group of people. They want to go on a trip. Um, we want to go this time. Um, can you put it together for me? I'll put it all together for you. And all you got to do is pay for it and show up at the airport. (laughs) It's easy. That
0: sounds awesome.
1: It's easy. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. Well, uh, thank you so much. Thank you both so much for taking time out tonight and sharing. And I just, I love you both. And I'm (laughs) just, I am, I have the utmost respect for you guys. Thank you. We love you too. Thank
1: you for having us. Thank you for having us. And, allowing us to share you know anytime there's <laughs> one of the beautiful things about doing what we do getting these opportunities to share it kind of helps spark and keep the fire going
3: mm.
1: uh to do what we do when we get to share and talk about them so yeah. thank you yes.
3: yeah. thank you love
0: you guys love you, too. love
1: you
0: too a calling to the ministry is one that affects the whole family I really appreciated how Vivian and Stephen shared that while this opportunity was incredibly exciting, it was also terrifying as they were going to be without a salary and in the position of now raising support. Vivian and Stephen wanted me to make sure that I mentioned how thankful they are for all of those that have faithfully given to the ministry whenever the Holy Spirit prompted them. They mentioned a few of those in the podcast, but so many others were not mentioned. Without that obedience from generous supporters, this ministry would not be possible. I will put a link to Destiny Sports Missions so that you can give and help support Stephen and the work that he's doing through that ministry, as well as be a part of one of their upcoming trips, like the trip to Dominican Republic in July, like they mentioned. My son took one of those trips to Dominican Republic, and he absolutely loved it. Thanks so much for listening today. If you enjoy the Faithful Podcast, please take a few moments and head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a rating and review. Reviews help people find the podcast so that it can be a blessing to them. And while you're there, go head over and subscribe so that you never miss an episode. You can find me on faithfulpodcast.podbean.com or on Instagram at faithfulpodcast. Have a great week and remember to stay faithful, friends.